Welcome to episode 205 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about June 2022, the month the Constitution made a comeback. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and see discussions about the Second Amendment, abortion, the Constitution, the absurdity of the mainstream media, or the purposeful destruction of the country and the economy, please share the TruthQuest podcast with your friend. Just tell them to browse the episode titles and dive in. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. As this episode's title suggests, the biggest story of the month was opinions issued by the United States Supreme Court. In addition to overturning a nearly half-century-long federal right to an abortion, the court struck down gun licensing laws in one of the most populous states, they expanded state funding for religious schools, they killed the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions, and brought in the rights of public school employees to pray publicly at work. Let's start with the most important opinion, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, which overturned Roe v. Wade. Rather than get into a lengthy discussion on Dobbs, the bottom line for the majority of the court was that abortion is not in the Constitution, therefore Roe is struck down, and each individual state can deal with abortion as they see fit. Democrats and leftists of all shades and stripes screamed bloody murder because they want to be able to murder innocent babies in the womb. They attacked, vandalized, and firebombed crisis pregnancy centers, harassed Catholics celebrating Mass, and protested in the streets demonstrating that the devil is alive and well in America. I wrote this on Facebook. When you witness the pro-abortion crazies express angst over the Dobbs Supreme Court opinion, you need to understand two things. They are expressing anger over the fact that fewer innocent babies might actually be murdered in America. And number two, they have not read the opinion because it also overturns Casey v. Planned Parenthood, essentially making infanticide legal if a state legislature and governor sees fit. The three super legislators on the court, Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor, wrote dissenting opinions. You cannot find a single reference to the Constitution in their dissents. Their argument can be summed up in two sentences. We like abortion, therefore Roe and Casey must stand. We are super legislators that do the bidding of the left, so sit down and shut up. The three partisan hacks blatantly ignored their oath of office to protect and defend the United States Constitution by ignoring the fact that abortion is not mentioned in that document. They actually put it in writing in their dissent that the majority, quote, betrays its guiding principles. How exactly do they do that? By judging the case before them and interpreting its constitutionality by using the words of the Constitution? What a bunch of frauds. For those of you who are interested, check out episodes 46 and 47 where I explore the Roe v. Wade opinion in detail. I promise you, you will be blown away by what you were never told. And also check out episode 120, The Truth About the Tenth Amendment, if you're not sold on or you're confused by the argument that abortion ain't in the Constitution, therefore it should be thrown back to the states. 
The second SCOTUS opinion that rocked leftists to the core was West Virginia versus the EPA. The majority opinion argued that the Environmental Protection Agency was not specifically authorized by Congress to reduce carbon emissions when it was set up in 1970. That essentially killed the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party's Green New Deal. The majority opinion essentially said they doubted Congress intended to delegate the question of how much coal-based generation there should be over the coming decades to an administrative agency. I think it's important for you guys to understand what this opinion demonstrates. Besides the obvious unconstitutional overreach by an unconstitutional government agency, it demonstrates that Congress is filled with a bunch of cowards. They pass obscure laws and hand the enforcement over to federal bureaucrats in these unconstitutional federal bureaucracies. What the court essentially said was, hey, Congress, if you want the EPA to regulate carbon emissions, create a law and vote on it. But they are cowards. Why? Because if voters see what their representatives actually vote for, they'll lose the next election. And as in the Dobbs case, the three super legislators on the bench wrote dissenting opinions full of liberal claptrap about climate change and feelings and other nonsense, never referring to the only document that matters, the Constitution. Then the court ruled in favor of a former high school coach dismissed for praying at football games. Judge Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion, which stated in part the government's only real justification for its decision to fire Kennedy, quote, rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to ferret out and suppress religious observances, even as it allowed comparable secular speech. The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination, end quote. At this point, the National Democrats' collective heads were about to explode, but unfortunately for them, this was just the beginning of the constitutional enforcement nightmare. Then, the Supreme Court issued an opinion striking down a Maine law that excludes families from a student aid program if they chose to send their children to religious schools. Under this program, school districts in the largely rural state provide tuition assistance for students who do not have a local public secondary school so they can attend other institutions, even in foreign countries, as long as the funding is not used for religious education. Judge Roberts wrote, quote, Maine's non-sectarian requirements for its otherwise generally available tuition assistance programs violates the free exercise clause. Regardless of how the benefit and restrictions are described, the program operates to identify and exclude otherwise eligible schools on the basis of their religious exercise. Then the Supreme Court struck down a century-old New York state law requiring an individual to show, quote, proper cause to carry a concealed gun in public. The court deemed the statute unconstitutional because it made it damn near impossible to conceal and carry in the state. Clarence Thomas wrote that the Second Amendment protects, quote, an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home, end quote. He went on to say the law violates the Constitution by preventing law-abiding citizens from defending themselves in public. You know, it's one thing to make fun of leftists on the court who, of course, dissented here, but it's quite another to demonstrate their complete unwillingness to deploy the least bit of critical thinking and logic or apply the Constitution, which they are sworn to protect and defend, to anything they are advocating for. Case in point, Samuel Alito's response to the dissenting opinion pointed out that perpetrators of mass shootings are not going to be less likely to go on a rampage if they know that no one around them can carry a gun legally. 
Clarence Thomas ripped the dissent apart by pointing out that even Chief Justice Taney, in the worst Supreme Court case ever, Dred Scott, worried what would happen if freed slaves were given citizenship and therefore the right to bear arms. A couple days after the New York Conceal and Carry Law was struck down by the Supreme Court, New Jersey dropped their justifiable need requirement for conceal and carry. That's what happens when you punch a bully in the face. All the other ones run away scared. So while the Supreme Court was reinstating the Second Amendment rights, the United States Senate was taking them away. Fifteen Republican members of the Senate joined in with the entire Democratic Party caucus, which always votes for unconstitutional gun control measures. Key provisions of this particular bill included expanding federal background checks for people between 18 and 21, incentives for states to adopt so-called red flag laws, expanding access to mental health programs, and enhancing school security. By the way, check out episode 60, The Truth About Red Flag Laws, if you're interested in that topic. I want to pull up quickly here and make a point that I made in the previous episode, uh, The Truth About the Absolute Nature of the Second Amendment. When you review all of these Supreme Court cases, most of them should never have been brought to the court, but for different reasons. Abortion, not a federal power enumerated in the, in the Constitution, therefore the states should handle it. But no, an activist court made it a federal issue in 1973 in Roe v. Wade, and that's where we get to today. Similarly, the EPA case, not a federal power enumerated in the Constitution, therefore the states should handle it. But no, Congress passes the Clean Air Act in 1970 and allows this unconstitutional federal agency to do shit that it's not permitted to do. What about prayer in school and Maine's school voucher case? Freedom of religion is in the Bill of Rights, but the Bill of Rights only applies to the federal government. States can deal with these things. That is, until an activist court decided to incorporate the Bill of Rights to the states. See episode 204 for a brief discussion on that, and episode 37 for a deep dive into the incorporation doctrine. What about the guns and conceal and carry case? Again, the Second Amendment applies only to the feds except for the incorporation doctrine. States can regulate guns if they want as long as it doesn't violate the state constitution. But now every state gun law becomes a federal case. So with all of these constitution-preserving opinions raining down from the Supreme Court, what was the reaction of the National Democrats and the left? Violence, doxing, intimidation, and threats, of course. All the same tools used by good communists for centuries. We had groups like Jane's Revenge and Ruth Senus encouraging and perpetrating violence and assassination attempts of non-liberal Supreme Court justices. They called for a night of rage. We had insurrections every day outside the residence of these conservative Supreme Court justices in violation of a federal law against that very thing. They gave out the justices' addresses, the names of their children's schools, and the churches in which they attend. An armed would-be assassin was arrested as he planned to kill Justice Brent Kavanaugh. Then Democratic leaders in the House of Representatives blocked a bill to increase security for Supreme Court justices. They love violence and intimidation when perpetrated by their side. There were more than three dozen attacks directed at crisis pregnancy centers and churches across the country. There was a firebombing of a pro-life pregnancy center in suburban Buffalo. An arson attack, including Molotov cocktails against the headquarters of a pro-life Wisconsin Family Action Center. 
graffiti with the threat, quote, if abortion isn't safe, then you aren't either, spray painted on the walls of a Washington state center. As you can imagine, I had a lot to say on Facebook about this topic, including the following. What's the difference between January 6th and protesters outside the home of Kavanaugh, Barrett, Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch? Or this one. The great irony of all violence over the Supreme Court's killing of Roe is that Democrat cities will be burned and looted by Democrats in Democrat states where they are still able to murder innocent babies in the womb. And my final observation was, the left controlled the Supreme Court for like 80 years, and now three or four decisions go against them, and they want to burn the place down. How about you make constitutionally based arguments for your policy prescriptions? Oh right, you can't do that. So just burn the place to the ground. The social media giants do nothing to shut down these violent groups on their platforms. You may be wondering why hasn't the FBI kicked in the front door of the leaders of these domestic terrorist groups like Ruth Sentas and Jane's Revenge. After all, they've had plenty of practice with Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, James O'Keefe, and Rudy Giuliani. Continuing the theme of exploding the heads of national Democrats, liberals, and progressives all across the Fruited Plains, Several international sports bodies voted to exclude biological males from competing in women's sports, specifically swimming and women's rugby. See, the totalitarians in the United States can't get to these international agencies. And big tech censorship doesn't matter to people in countries like Yemen, Saudi Arabia, and India. Let's continue this episode with a rapid-fire segment on the destructive hurricane known as Resident Biden. An audio clip saved on the gift that keeps on giving, Hunter Biden's laptop, demonstrated that Joe was fully aware of his son's business activities, something he flat out denied, I think during one of his debates with Trump. But the alphabet soup conspiracy media ignored the story. We got to see Biden's cheat sheet used during a meeting at the White House. Included on the sheet were the following instructions. Enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants. Next, the instructions read, you take your seat. Then it said, you give brief comments. Next, you ask Liz a question. Note, Liz is attending remotely. And finally, the note ends with, you thank participants and you depart. In a metaphor for the state of the country under his reign of terror, Hurricane Biden fell off his bike in slow motion while on yet another vacation in Delaware. At one point during the month, Biden blamed oil companies for record gas prices. Again, the alphabet soup conspiracy media ignored the fact that he is solely responsible for the gas price hikes, leading me to write this on Facebook. On the one hand, the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party believes high gas prices are bad, which explains why Biden is yelling at gas station owners and refineries for charging too much for their product and proposing a temporary halt in the federal gas tax. On the other hand, he's ended drilling on federal lands and waters, increased regulations on drilling, and every member of his cabinet constantly tells us about the transition they are forcing on the American people into green energy, you know, in order to save the planet. Then Biden told Jimmy Kimmel that the American economy is growing faster than any in the world, which is weird considering the fact that the economy is not growing. Negative GDP growth was reported in the first quarter. During the month, Biden trotted out one of his favorite lies. No, not the one that he was arrested in South Africa. No, no, not, not the one about him riding a million miles on Amtrak. 
No, not the one about spending several hundred hours with the Chinese dictator as they toured China. No, not the one about once being a truck driver. No, not the one about the January 6th rioters killing cops. No, not the one about inflation being transitory. No, not the one about the Second Amendment has restrictions on weapons ownership. No, not the one that Putin is to blame for everything. No, not the one that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. I'm talking about the one where he claims the gun industry is the only industry exempt from liability, leading many to point out the obvious, except for big pharma and the COVID vaccine, just a small oversight, I'm sure. Continuing on the economy, year-over-year inflation came in at 8.6%, month-over-month was 1%. The real inflation rate is, of course, somewhere in the 20% range, if we measured it the same way we did 40 years ago. Many grocery items are 100% higher than they were just one year ago, as are gas prices. As if the consumer inflation rate wasn't bad enough, the producer price inflation rate came in at 11%, meaning we're going to see continuing higher prices in the future as the producers pass their rising costs down to the consumer. You know things are bad in an economy when the term shrinkage becomes a household word and it doesn't refer to a certain body part? That, by the way, is a Seinfeld reference. Do you remember the episode I'm referring to? So in lieu of raising prices, manufacturers just give you smaller candy bars, fewer potato chips, or a few ounces less of Gatorade. Smaller steaks. You get the picture. All signs of a shitty economy. All of it was avoidable if the unconstitutional Federal Reserve was abolished. Continuing the theme of Biden's destruction of the country, Both Biden and NATO continue to poke the nuclear-armed bear, Russia, by sending arms and money to Ukraine and agreeing to allow Finland and Sweden to join the alliance, further creeping in on Russia's doorstep. Make no mistake, the Democrats and many Republicans want war with Russia so they can pay off their military complex lobbyists. They don't care about dead Ukrainians, Russians, or American soldiers if they get involved. Oh, And you know the sanctions Biden levied against Russia? No more importation of Russian oil and sanctions against the Russian currency, the ruble? Yeah, well, those are complete failures, just like everything Biden does. Guess what? While inflation in the United States is out of control, there is none in Russia. Also, consider the fact that the ruble is higher today against the dollar than it was the day Russia invaded Ukraine. And while Russia may be exporting less oil, they are actually generating more revenue due to skyrocketing prices. Oh, and they are leading an effort to displace the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. Check out episode 191 for a deep dive into the petrodollar. Let's end with some COVID news. So the FDA approved the experimental COVID vaccine for children as young as five, despite the fact that children, unless they are severely sick with cancer or some other serious illness, never die from COVID. Beyond the jab for kids, the real news about the COVID vaccine is hitting at such a rapid tsunami pace that all of these piece of shit independent fact checkers employed by our big tech overlords cannot keep up. Here's a sample of headlines from the month of June. Emails reveal CDC confirmed post-vaccination death from blood clotting two weeks before alerting public. Science Magazine admits COVID vaccines are useless and harmful. 
A peer-reviewed study in the New England Journal of Medicine shows two doses of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine yield negative protection against symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection, while previous infection without vaccination offers up to 50% immunity. Pfizer CDC lied to Americans. FDA-approved COVID shot exists on paper only. 1,111 American cardiac arrests, serious issues, 732 dead after COVID injection. COVID jab lowers sperm count. Good news, it might be temporary. Bad news, it might not. Dangerous and ineffective. Experimental Pfizer vaccine causes nearly five serious adverse effects per every one person it kept from being hospitalized with COVID, study finds. Moderna vaccine increases myocardosis risk by 44 times in young adults, peer-reviewed study. Vaccination increases risk of COVID-19 infection, but infection without vaccination gives immunity. FDA panel advisor admits agency lost clinical trial data for placebo group before approving experimental vaccine for babies and toddlers. And that's the truth about June 2022, the month the Constitution made a comeback. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.